What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 80 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison, and I am joined by Zach. We are back with a New York State Championships recap episode. Uh, the last episode, episode 79, the preview episode was, was a really good one. I, I got a lot of, uh, had a lot of people come up to me in Albany and say, uh, you know, good things. They obviously, I probably had like twice as many listens as any other episode that we had, but yeah, that was a good one. And um, I'm expecting this one to be a good one as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, you know. It we, I mean, people respected what we had to say, uh, and it kind of showed, you know. We we have we made some pretty good calls, um, as as a collective group. There's some some misses, some misses too, but you know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, we were wrong on a few things for some of the sleeper picks that we that we had picked. Um, we did a pretty damn good job, so. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pat my back on that, but again, we were wrong on a few picks. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I'm happy that, you know, we are wrong. People proved us wrong. Um, you know, I don't need people up in the stands when I'm walking up into the stands and some, some lady eating nachos is, you know, says something about one of the picks. And of course it's a pick that I had picked my own kid. And I said the winner of way versus cook was going to make the finals or it was going to win. I mean, obviously there's going to make the finals. I was going to win the whole thing. And uh, like literally after he wrestled Zay, the round after him losing, he uh, some lady in the stands. I'm not gonna mention her name, but uh, oh, you you were wrong on your pick. I said, which pick? She's like, uh, you picked way over Cook. I said, well, no shit. I said he, he's my <laughs> kid. I, I do it again, all over again. I, you know, right. I stick up for the person. So I mean, it's easy when you're up in the stands eating nachos, talking crap. But I mean, I, the 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 Instagram post that I just posted about the man in the arena by uh, Teddy Roosevelt, that little quote thing that he had. I don't know. It says a lot because pe- people, I mean, yes, people understand what these wrestlers go through, but and you, you see it because you're on the floor. You obviously experienced it with your, with your own wrestler, but you know, when they're in the backstage, whether they win or lo- win or win or lose, you know, those emotions, whether it's the, the nerves or this, that, and the other, like people don't see that stuff up in the stands. Um, yeah, you know, no, they, so. they they have no idea what these kids go through. A lot of those, a lot of the fans have no idea what the kids go through. Some of the dads might be able to to relate to an extent, but the likelihood that the dad was just as good as the athlete is probably slim to none. Um, there's a few exceptions, obviously. You have like Owen Clark wrestled this weekend. His dad's Mitch Clark. Clearly, he knows what it's like to go through these events. But I'd say probably ninety percent of the kids that wrestled this weekend, their parents either a were never good enough to qualify. So like they, they don't really know what these kids are going through down on that floor. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, but you know, it is what it is. That's part of the sport. Um, but you know, that's one thing I noticed. Another thing that somebody said was, and I actually, I guess I saw pictures, but the Ferraris were there. Did you know that? I did. I saw them actually. <laughs> one of my, uh, one of my friend's kids went and got a picture with Ferrari and I, and I, I looked at him and I said, you might want to delete that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, if you don't know why, I'll leave it alone. But <laughs> yeah, don't, no don't Ferrari look for pictures uh, with the Ferraris. It was definitely interesting. Obviously, they uh, they drew uh, eyes were on them whenever they walked around the arena. I mean, there was one post that they were doing shirtless push ups and at the Marine Station. So yeah, no, uh, interesting that they were there. Uh, I wanted to kind of run through a few of the I don't know stats that I did before you run into these brackets or that I came up with. Uh, the lowest seeds to win. Uh, so on D1 side, we had the fourth seed, Luke Satriano of Valley Central and Tyler Reed Cornwall, both Section 9. 
they both got it, the job done. They stood on top of the podium. And the, the shocker over on the D2 side, but he was my sleeper to get out on uh, the bottom part of the bracket, was uh, the seventh seed, Jordan Jocelyn of Chautauqua Lake. Um, he was the seventh seed, and he ended up taking first. So it's pretty crazy. The D1, we had six of the finals were the one versus two seeds. Uh, nine of the one seeds ended up winning, and then six of the champs on D1 side return. And then over on D2 side, we had five finals that had one versus two seed. Seven of the one seeds won, and eight of the champs on the D2 side are returning to next year. You know, another fun thing that I kind of did last year, just because the Windsor tournament was so tough, you know, I, I did stats for that one last year. And I was in the tunnel, or uh, just outside the tunnel where the, the guys, uh, you know, warm up um, down back. And I was looking at the brackets, and I'm like, oh, damn, like, Neville's is going to see Florence in the final. For, you know, Tyler's going to see Carlin. Ellis is going to see Noto again. So I looked at those three uh, matches, the finals matches, were also finals matches at Windsor. So it was, was kind of cool to see. You know, we saw that two months ago uh, at the end of December. And uh, out of the guys that placed at the New York State Tournament, 36 of them wrestled at Windsor. Actually, Maycumber of Tioga failed to place at Windsor, but placed at the States. And Deacon Bailey, I think, was like the third option at 126 for Tioga at that time of the year. I could be wrong. Um, so he didn't, he wasn't even a starter and he ended up placing at the state. So pretty crazy. Um, it's fun stats looking at that stuff. Tioga, they had two champs, seven placers, and eight of the wrestlers that they sent all return. I mean, as a section four guy, that's it's pretty impressive, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I, I was talking to somebody and I was, we were curious of like, When's the last time somebody scored 156 team points in the state tournament? Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that, and I, want, I, I would like to go back. I wish we had good record keeping because I'm willing to bet it's either the top or like top five of all all time state tournament points. Oh, it's it's got to be. I mean, pretty darn close. I mean, you have four in the finals, two champs. I know uh, 2003 uh, or maybe 2004. Uh, Governor had like six guys placed the states and like I was looking back and I was like oh well they, they weren't even close to the the point total that Tioga had um because I mean that's a lot of points and obviously they had a lot of bonus points along the way through the tournament too you know um, not to be that guy either but like obviously Donovan Russell for me this year but right he was still at Tioga yeah he was at the I Tioga mean, at the he, beginning of the year um you know that, that obviously would have in D2 yeah, he in done my well. opinion in my opinion obviously, but that adds another 20-plus points to them right there. Yeah, so that's it's definitely impressive for sure. Yeah, they, they bring everyone back next year. Um, and I'm going to get into a team that didn't have a great round, um, but, I, yeah, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But uh, moving on with some of the stats, uh, the guys that were runner-ups in 2022 who got it done this year, Hayden Bellis, Caleb Sweet, Jaden Crumpler, Sebastian Regis, Braden Farbach, and Trent Civil. And the champs in 2022 that got the job done went back-to-back this year. Darren Florence, Usman Duncanson, Sam Sorensen, Matt Marlowe, Tyler Ferreira, Zach Ryder, and Ethan Gallo. So four teams. We mentioned this last uh, last week as well. Teams that would have two guys standing on top of the podium. Or not on top of the podium, but on the podium. Uh, there's four teams that had two guys at this place at the same weight. Um, there could have been more, but I'm pretty sure – only four. Uh, so Tioga had Deacon Bailey and Gianni Silvestri at 126. Uh, Newberg had Murley and Soto at 102. Middletown had Moncherry and Bradley at 285. And Newfane had Gillings and Buttery at 
132. So yeah, so 26 champs, um, both D1 and D2. They all came from six different sections. Uh, 11 had six champs. Section nine had five champs. Sections three, four, and six had four champs. And section five had three champs. But yeah, so some of those stats were uh, kind of cool to look at, um, you know, before we get into these brackets. Yeah, I mean, the section races this weekend were kind of crazy. How about section two? I was going to say the same thing. Section two was like in seventh bonkers. or eighth place last year. They balled out in D1. And to be honest with you, they didn't even have a champ, you know? They went bonkers, though. Dude, it was nuts. I was not expecting that. I know. Yeah, like, like when's for, the last like, time section, section 11 or section eight hasn't been like one of the top two teams, um, you know, in, sec- in, in the division one? Yeah, I couldn't even begin to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I know like, so like section four, we were really, we were really thinking about section two as well as section six, because obviously the new way they're doing state qualifiers, like we were like three points behind section two to get that next spot. So mm-hmm. we were like thinking we had a decent shot. We ended up having a poor overall performance as a, as a section. Um, but for a section with only nine teams, it wasn't the worst, but we thought we'd have a chance to catch them, and they uh, they sold us on day one. Absolutely no shot. <laughs> yeah, they they did well, and uh, a lot of those guys are seniors, and they went out with a, you know, with a good, good career and a good good uh, placement at the uh, Albany for their senior career. And obviously, Section Two has plenty of thuds that you know, like Liam Carlin. He's a tenth grader that wrestled Tyler in the finals. I mean. He's going to be nasty these next few years, but and he kind of yeah. he competed with Tyler. You know, it wasn't like Tyler didn't yeah. go out there and like beat him up. I mean, I agree. He, Tyler controlled the match, but it was it was a good comp- it was a good match. Yep, no, I agree, hundred percent. That was a, it was a good match. I want to uh, get into the brackets a little bit, anyways. Let's let's do it. I guess we'll uh, we'll really only cover like maybe the the finals matches and then um, some of the weights. Uh, you know, if there's interesting matches along the way or or on the backside as well, but uh. I'll start. I'll go with Division One. Uh, Division One, 102 pounds. We had Cooper Murley of Newburgh beating Connor Sheridan of Hawpog in the finals, eight to four. I believe that was a rematch of the Eastern States where Murley won five to one. Would be wrong, but uh, pretty sure that was. One thing that I did say was Ryan Mund would make the semis. Uh, you know, he was cutting some pretty hard weight both days, but uh, yeah, he get, he made the semis. And actually, Charles here is Miski of Maypack. Um, Beat Testa of Hilton five to two in the quarters or in the round of 16 rather. And, you know, I, like I said, the Hilton guy at the four seed didn't know much about him, but I, I wasn't shocked that wasn't going to be shocked that if he didn't make the semis and he didn't even make the quarters. Yeah. I, I initially, I initially picked Anthony Legal Ryan. It's really tough. Uh, the seven seed made the semis, unfortunately dropped there. I got that one wrong, but actually the two guys we had making going on a run, Ended up wrestling for fifth place, so kind of, kind of funny. True. Yeah. No. Uh. Another thing is that I noticed was, and you don't see this a lot. I mean, I think I saw it maybe two or three different guys that ended up winning the tournament. Well, Cooper Murley, the first guy that he beat, Tanner Della Penta, uh, took eighth. The second guy he beat, Vincent Graulu Lua of Mahanasin, took fourth. The third guy, Ryan Munn, in the semis, took sixth, and then of course in the finals he beat Sheridan. So all four guys that he beat. Uh, also stood on the podium with him um, at the end of the Saturday night. Yeah, and Garula went from the AC to fourth place. So, yeah, yeah, he uh, definitely had a good, good tournament. 
I think uh, mm-hmm. actually, I'm pretty sure he lost to uh, had lost a close match to Soto uh, at the Eastern States as well. But I mean, knowing looking at that in the previews, like we're like, all right, eight seed, he's not that far off of the two seed. So um, yeah, he he wrestled tough as well. So moving into D two one hundred two, where Tommy Aiello of John Glenn knocked off Logan Bella to Tioga three to zero. Um, honestly, like coming like coming into Sunday, I looked back and I was thinking about the state tournament. And I was like, you know what? There wasn't too many like bad calls or or controversial situations. But then I remembered this weight class and the semis. Did you have a chance to see this? So. Yeah, so like we were mentioning, um, I, I think I got back home yesterday and I was looking at a few weights. There was like three um, different weights that I had circled. And I was sitting, I think, media row uh, for ILO's match against Beckwith. And so obviously ILO won. He won five to four. Yeah, it was controversial. I mean, you told me to go back and watch it and I did. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the, the right call was made or not, to be honest with you. So if you didn't I'll tell see you it, what I wish happened, but I mean, I'll let you go in after this. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard explanation. So I is up three, two late in the match. Uh, Beckwith locks up a cradle, pulls him over, gets a two count. They mm-hmm. end up uh, scrambling. Iello ends up in a side headlock. Beckwith's fighting off the leg. So the leg can't get inside to the Merkel position and hooks for the, for the reversal. Right. And they, they're scrambling. They scramble for about 30 seconds. And then clock hits zero as Aiello is trying to step over the, the the near leg to secure the reversal. And I watched it back 10, 15 times, just that last like five seconds. And I mean, like it, if it didn't happen before zero, it happened at zero. Yeah, no, but absolutely. Like, like that timing it was so that, close. Oh, it was so close. Here's the thing too. Like if that was, I mean, again, it was close to reversal, but if it wasn't, it w- would have been, you know, four to four, right? Escape. Well, no, because they weren't it. in a position to say that there's no control. I mean, like, true, but like, he, and the, no the control, crappy part but... about that was, you know, Be- Beckwith didn't have really control either. Like, but Aiello, he was never really behind Beckwith as well. I mean, I'd have to go back and rewatch it, but like, and, and you said the same thing when the clock hit like half a second. Maybe obviously, maybe, maybe less. Zero. That's right. when he stepped behind him. Yeah, it was literally like as the clock hits zero, he steps over. And if he got there, it was like 0.01 seconds left. If, but like my concern with it is, is the ref said no. He consulted with his, with his assistant. They both said no, no reversal. And then they, then they went to go raise Beckwith's hand. And then, they have a meeting of the committee, but like if you're arguing a rule, I understand, but it's felt like, and I don't know, I'm not their coaches that were in the corner. I haven't talked to the Norwich coaches or anybody, but it felt like they were arguing that time did or didn't run out. And yeah. if that's the case, unless you're actually going back and watching the video, which I don't think didn't had access to do. Yeah then how are you overturning that call four minutes, five minutes after you made the call? I agree. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true what as I well. Don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, uh, that, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Now, at the end of the day, it was so, it was so close. And, like, 
maybe Ayala did have the reversal. Maybe he didn't. I I can't tell you. I'm not. I when you again, you watch the video and it's so close. You don't know. And yeah, I would unless suggest you have like a super slow mo and you could slow it down and watch the clock run down to zero as the leg steps over. We don't have that ability. So no. I just I don't I don't think you can overturn that. And that's where they did. And that's where my problem is. Not that they made a bad call, but that they overturned a call without any real evidence that they should have. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, I kind of was in the same position. Obviously, looking at it, I was like, oh, shoot, you know, uh, ILO. I picked ILO. So I was like, all right, you know, I've got this pick right. But like at that moment, um, you know, trying to look at two different semis, I'm like, all right, I, I don't know exactly if the call was right or not. But like when you sent me the text and said, hey, you got to go rewatch this. That's when I was like, well, something doesn't make sense with this one. But uh, yeah, that's that was like really the the biggest in my head. Anyways, the biggest uh, questionable call that I saw all weekend. Um, but a few things to note at 102 D2. Um, Ellis, he went from taking third in section four to second in New York State. So shout out to Bellis. Like I said, Logan Bellis could could make the finals and, uh, you know, kind of start things hot for Tyree, which he kind of did. Uh, another thing, Charlie Wiley for Jervis. She uh, she stood on the podium, I believe she took sixth. Uh, she's the first girl to place at the New York State Tournament since Carlene Solbersky, um, which she placed back in 2009. And then, uh, you know, we mentioned the the match between the two seniors, Kale Stewart and Devontae Ortiz. Ortiz was the 10th seed out of Tamarack. He won the first match over the seventh seed. And then he won, uh, which put him in the quarterfinals. And then he won the uh, blood round match against Owen Clark, the sixth seed. And uh, so, you know, those were the two only wins that he had on the, on the weekend. But uh, they were the two biggest wins. Over the seventh seed, the sixth seed, ends his high school career on the New York State podium. So that was kind of something to note. I mean, you know, that match, obviously, Owen, Owen lost to Walsman, which Walsman's very tough. He took fifth. Um, and I think... Ortiz kind of overpowered Clark, but like we mentioned, you know, who is that? Who's his, who's his dad, right? I mean, obviously he knows, um, you know, what Owen's going through and, uh, you know, what, what Owen's next steps needs to be. And obviously he's only an eighth grader, so he's going to have a bright future anyways. Yeah, I mean, he's he's tough. He's going to be, like you said, he's got a bright future out of him. Yep. And actually I'm pretty right. sure Clark was winning that match. He was beating Ortiz. Let me double check. Um. I don't. He was up three two in the third period, and then got taken down and ridden out. Yeah, he was fighting off a cow catcher position for like the longest time, and he yeah. actually almost gave up a takedown. At, I think at the first of the period, it almost went to his back, but somehow he he fought off it. But yeah, no, I mean that that kind of seemed like uh, Ortiz was just strong, and uh, he was able to catch catch Clark and and you know take care of him. But yeah, Owen will be back, um, you know, better than ever for that one. Yeah, uh, moving up to that his dad said he's gonna be 132 pounds, 131 next year. I'm well, calling shenanigans. Well, I, I I wouldn't because I mean Mitch kind of grew like a weed when he was in high school as well. I, mean, I hear enough stories about you know him when he was in high school. Obviously, he, Mitch has a different build than his brother John, who's the head coach at Sacred Heart. But uh, yeah, Mitch or uh, Owens kind of got the same kind of build that you know him and his uncle Charlie had. So he uh, wouldn't be surprised if he grows. You know. He's going to have the same wrestling style, uh, you know, same build, but he's just going to be 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> Let's move into 110 pounds, Division One. This is a fun weight because uh, I called it, uh, sort of anyways. 
Uh, we had the four seed Luke Satriano of Valley Central winning two to one tiebreaker one over Evan Gersoy of Midwood. Um, so yeah, we talked about Dania Simbamana. Uh, you know the flow film that came out. I think ESPN was there as well, walking around. Obviously, they had a crap load of cameras kind of on him. So I had a funny story. We I had a, a coach that I know. He was coaching his guy. I think I was on the other mat. And the ESPN crew looks at him and was like, "Well, hey, when uh, this kid's up, you, you can't you can't be yelling." Apparently, he was yelling in like their mic. But uh, I was like, "All right, <laughs> that's just that's kind of funny." I mean, keep doing what you're doing, apparently, because uh, I mean, yes, ESPN is trying to cover the kid, but you can't really tell some coach not to coach. Right, he got to do his job. <laughs> um, one is thing it, that I want opinion. to ask is, and I I probably should have looked this up. I don't know if Jesse Jansen's still involved with New York City Beat the Streets or. I mean, if he is, if he if he comes to practices, but Bersoy had the meanest crab ride I've Bro. seen in a long Filthy. time. Filthy. It was so good. Yeah, I was like, wow. Uh, Satriano was not getting out. And, I mean, sure enough, he did. And, you know, he was able to hold down uh, – he was able to hold down Bersoy in the uh, in the semi – or in the uh, other ride out. But, he, yeah, Bersoy's ride out was pretty good. Bottom. What's up? Satriano never got off bottom. What was that point then? He got turned. He turned him. Remember, he turned him in a scramble. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're no, you're right because it was well, zero it was really zero. Yeah, because he went to tilt. He went to tilt because because he got ridden out. His yeah, it was a weird position. Bottom. And yep. then Satriano's on top. Satriano goes tilt, get to one count, and then Gersoy comes back on top and grabs his leg. And then all Satriano does is like step back over a little bit. He gets his two count, and that was that. That's what happened. Dude. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, then, I've uh, never seen a more exciting, like, ride out, zero, zero, like. Yeah, there was action ever. in that one. It was great. I mean, like, they were constantly coming to their feet, fighting. Uh, there was some blood time, which, that was crazy. Yeah. Even a little and, extra uh, wind so, explode off whistles and stuff, and they still kept getting that returned. It was, it was, so, it was a fun zero, zero match. I've never said that before. Yeah, I think Satriano's the first day champ since uh, uh, Cody Ruggiero. Um, I believe it was 2009 was the last time he won a state title. Um, so yeah, it was, he's the first state champ for uh, Valley Central since Cody Ruggiero. So it's pretty impressive wow. to see him get it done. That match Hopefully. between Satchan and Dunia too. That was that was a fun match. That was wild. And Dunia, yeah, I mean he he kind of lot dropped him. I believe uh, on the edge. It was um, like a headlock. Honestly, yeah, that was another one of those like maybe that shouldn't have been called. I yeah, that was questionable too. I I rewatched that one today too. I mean, re- reaction kind of whatever, but uh, yeah, I mean, the call stood and then he was able to ride out Dania, which Dania almost got out at the end, but uh, yeah. you know, that was another good match too. You know, Satriano got the job done. All right, D2, 110. We had Darren, Darren Florence, BJH over Gavin Mangano of Shoreham Waiting River, eight to seven. This final got a little scary. Got a little scary. Darren, uh, Darren had a hard time keeping his breath in him, you know? Well, I mean, Mangano won, or uh, almost won, the same way that I thought he was going to. Uh, so, Florence hit, like, a little dump, caught him on his back, got two near, near, two near falls, so he's up 4 nothing in the first period, uh, you know, start to match. Mangano did have three, three uh, third-period takedowns to, you know, <laughs> kind of bring that lead back. And, honestly – Take away that four points at the beginning, which, I mean, winners win. I mean, Florence found a way to win. He's a returning state champ. He knows what he's doing. But 
take away those four points. I mean, that's kind of how I thought Mangana was going to win. Like I thought he was going to be smart. He was going to, you know, get a few takedowns late. Um, and not obviously not three takedowns. I thought maybe a takedown or, or two, if he needed really needed it, but he obviously needed more than three takedowns to win. And he wasn't able to do that, but he wrestled tough. Um, you know, I give the credit to Florence. Cause like I said, he winners, win. they, they got the job done, he got the job done, but Mangana was right there. And I, I don't feel bad about, uh, you know, picking him to win as a three seed because he's pretty close. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny in the third period, uh, coach McNaught from BGAH is talking to Darren in the third period and he gets taken down. And at the first take on third period, coach McNaught says, you're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Gets taken on a second time. It's okay. You're good. You're fine. You're fine. Gets taken on a third time. And he looks at him and he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> it was great. Um, other cool thing about this weight class, Darren Forrest, Caleb Cole, Ash and Haley, all from the same club. Yeah. They all practice together. Uh, Early grapplers, shout cool. out. Yeah, shout out to Nate Leonard. Cool they got three kids in the same weight class that are placing. So. Yeah. Nice I mean, that, that wasn't – that was impressive. A match that I kind of said, hey, let's watch out for was uh, six seed Aiden Schufelt and the 11 seed Gary McDowell. Uh, Schufelt ended up winning three to two, uh, tiebreaker one. Um, so that was another match. I, I remember watching that match and, and thinking like, hey, this was a match that we had circled to uh, to watch and here, here it's going on. And, you know, he almost got it done. Uh, but Schufelt did get revenge for uh, third place beating Cole. So he did. He's lost to Cole a couple times this year, too, so that was a big win for him. Section four. Good day. Good day. Section four had a good day. First, third, fourth. Three of the top four. Yep, that was, that was definitely a good day. Uh, moving into 118 pounds, Division one. we had Matthew Marlowe of Northport over Anthony Clem of Wanta. Matthew Marlowe going back-to-back, winning another state title. Actually, so I, another match that I circled was uh, Dylan Eric versus Tamal Gamo. And, you know, uh, I said it was going to be a good match, and I thought the winner was going to make the semis, and sure enough, they did. Um, but Eric kind of had the tournament that I thought Gamo was going to have. I believe Eric wrestled back into third. Um, but, you know, in Gamo, you know, he lost to Eric, and then it doesn't help that he got dropped down into the wrestlebacks, and he wrestled Sean Campbell, and that was not a good, good guy to drop down into. Yeah, that's a tough drop down on the backside. That's not fun. Yeah, no, Dylan Eric uh, ended up taking third. Um, one thing to note, though, at this weight was Meanigan of Catholic schools. He uh, he went from line 21 to the sixth place spot. So he obviously was one of the, the you know, guys that had the biggest turnaround, um, you know, being on line 21 to taking sixth. And he wrestled obviously well. Um, one thing I want to say is though, Matt Marlowe, two-time state champ. Where is he going to go to college? I mean, I believe he's only a junior, but you know, he's not committed yet. He's on the board. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of the, the top uncommitted. I would say from New York. Man, I think one of the more surprising things about this weight class is the fact that Campbell didn't even place. Yeah, there was this weight was loaded, and uh, Tamalgamo, like he beat that Whitley or Whitley of uh, Burn Hills at the Eastern States. And obviously he placed at Eastern States and, you know, tomorrow, I think, what did he go? Uh, oh, and two. Did I say, I so. yeah, he lost six to five to Eric. And uh, I believe he went oh, and two, which not a good time. Uh, mean again, lost his first match and uh, he won one, two, three, three matches to uh, ended up dropping Eric. And then he took, he ended up taking six, but yeah, this weight was a different, different way for sure. Yeah. I mean, Whitley, Whitley kind of went off. 
I mean, yeah, I can't say went yeah. off, but he had a good like he didn't have an easy draw on the backside. You know, he fell he fell down into Campbell, beat Campbell in the blood round, beat the three seed, lost to Benegas, obviously, and then beat the uh Minigan kid. But like you don't when you lose in the front side, you don't expect to see Sean Campbell at your blood round match. No, you don't. Um obviously that's a tough out and Actually, one thing that I wanted to say was uh, I, I watched the semis at this weight, at least for uh, the top part. Marlow versus Benegas. Um, you know, it was a good match early. Um, Benegas actually really wrestled tough. I mean, I think Marlow opened it up a little bit in the in the third to make it, you know, 13-7 decision. I was impressed with Benegas. You know, he ended up taking fourth, but he wrestled Marlow pretty tough, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. D2, 118. Chase Neville's. What else can you say? Chase Neville's over Joey Florence. Major decision, 9-1. to one. Chase had, like, one iffy match on the weekend and then kind of just went position. Chase Neville's 15 takedowns on the tournament. He goes five takedowns against Austin Hall. He goes three takedowns against Jacob McVig. He goes three takedowns against Gene Edwards. And he has four takedowns in the finals against Joey Florence, who he beat two times this year already. And I think it was like five to three and three to one. Like he wrestled Joey Florence two different times that were pretty close. Um, you know, he opened up obviously in the finals to win nine to one, but uh, you know, I, Chase Neville's, I know he listened to this podcast, uh, the preview episode too, because I reached out to him yesterday and I was like, Hey, you gotta come on the podcast. He was the first guy that I kind of thought, Hey, I'll, I'm going to interview and being a North country guy. Um, I figured, and, and obviously he's uncommitted as well. As the 11th grader, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I've got to get him on the podcast because he obviously opened up in the finals, and I said he's he's really good on his feet. Clearly, 15 takedowns in the New York State tournament. Did a pretty darn good job. Um, one thing that I do got to say is James Carlock of Collegiate School knocked off Jaden Duncanson 5-1 to one in the round of 16. Did not see <laughs> that coming. Not going to lie. That, I didn't see that coming either. But how about Jaden on the backside? He went six straight wins. Major, warrior. pin, major, pin, pin, major. Just went absolutely nuts, man. Yeah. Like, and domination. So he, beat, he uh he beat Jacob McVig in the court or uh the blood round 10 to 1. Yeah. And I believe he beat him at the um Windsor tournament in the blood round there, nine to one. Uh so obviously he uh he he had a great background uh wrestling, and of course he Got revenge on Cade Sands, who he lost to at the Southern Tier Tournament. And then, you know, Gene Edwards, he – uh he so Jaden lost to James Carlock, and then Carlock loses to Gene Edwards in the quarterfinals, which put Gene Edwards in the semis. And, of course, Gene Edwards drops back, wins a match, and then ends up losing to, to Jaden Duncanson, who, you know, cradled him and pinned him a month ago at the state duel. So I kind of saw that coming. Like, he almost right. pinned – uh, Edwards, but he didn't quite get the job done. But obviously, he majored him. Looked really good. Shout out to Jane Duncanson for you know rebounding and and you know coming back for third. The next best thing. Dude went crazy. He went absolutely nuts. Yeah. All right. 126 pounds, Division One. We've got Jaden Crumpler, Niagara Falls, winning by a four to two decision over Joseph Clem of Wanta. So, I mean, this weight we had no man, Freddie. We were on the bus driving down. Um, and I get a little notification saying my Freddy's out. I think he pulled out because of his sickness, illness. The doctors did not recommend him wrestling, um, you know, which might be the reason why I had a bad counties tournament. 
I mean, bad, I say third place. Um, obviously, what that's not that bad. Um, so, obviously, it's it's bad to see and Freddie out with a sickness. But this weight was I still pretty tough. Mind. Seventh grader Cameron Howard of Bellport placed in a tough bracket. Um, so, a shout-out to seventh grader for placing in a, a bracket like this. This is pretty good. And this weight, I think, was the closest weight that went to chalk, at least, you know, as far as the top eight seeds placing in the top eight. I think we had the top seven seeds placing. Um, and then the ninth seeded place as well. So, yeah, no, I mean, this was a good weight. Uh, Manfredi's, you know, or uh, the Clem brothers, you know, we talked about, you know, how hard it is, especially, you know, on the brothers, on the coaches, on the family. You know, they went back to back, both taking second place. So, I mean, that's obviously rough, but hopefully they get the job done one of these years, you know. Yeah, and I can, I mean, I can't imagine what that family's going through. I really can't. Oh, man, feel for him. Yeah, I mean, I want to say one of them wrestled. Um, they might, both might have wrestled, but one of them wrestled at Virginia Beach, I thought, last year and, and did really well. And it was like, all right, well, that's kind of a rebound from the States where, you know, second place in the New York State tournament's not bad, but it obviously it's not where they want. And, uh, it's not where you want to be. No, it's not where you want to be. And, you know, they're both juniors, though. So, I mean, I can see them bouncing back for next year. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Crumper graduates, Reynolds graduates, Adams graduates. I mean, yeah, I can see them right back where they are. Yep, for sure. D two one twenty six has to be the story of the tournament. Jordan Jocelyn upsets Johnny Silvestri six to four. Johnny was going for his third state title. Jordan Johnson just came in and took it from him. Like he did not, he wasn't playing games, man. He just took it from him. Yeah, I was honestly shocked in the quarterfinals when he beat Waylon Winsman of Hanoi Falls Lima 16 to 0 in three Bro, minutes and 43 just, seconds. He toyed just with him. Took dude. him down. Nuts. Three near fall, three near fall. Another thing in the second period took like, took him down or got a reversal, whatever it was. And then three near fall, near three near fall. Like, wow. Yeah. He uh he wrestled really well. And then obviously he beat Court Wright two to nothing in the semis. And you know, the first takedown or two that he had on Gianni, and I was like, all right, man, like this could be a thing. And then he had that crater locked up late in the match, and I was like, Wow, like I don't know if Gianni's gonna be able to get this done. And you know, shout out to Gianni. Um, you know, he took it kind of well. You know, obviously he's a little upset, but he's gonna bounce back. He's only a junior as well. He could, you know, looking for that next state title next year. But Jordan Jocelyn, seven seed, definitely deserved the MOW. Um, Absolutely. I, you know, I picked him as a sleeper pick to come out the bottom side, but I'm not going to lie. I didn't pick him to, to win a New York State title, especially over Gianni. Um, so shout out to him. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned he's tough, but I, we actually said we, we were actually standing next to each other during this match. We both were like, this was not what we were expecting. We knew he was good, but this is over the top from what we expected. Yeah. Shout out to so, him, man. He opened a lot of eyes. Congratulations to that guy. One one guy I want to give a credit to was Colton Kelly of Camden, Section 3. Um, so, actually, his coach came up to me uh, day two and was like, hey, man, I came outside my hotel and I started listening to the podcast and I've never listened to it before. It was really good. Um, so, you know, shout out to, to K Colton because – obviously not because of that, but because he won three straight matches on the Wrestlebacks with two in overtime, six to five and three to one. And then one of them was three to two win over the two seed, Waylon Winsman, in the, uh, the blood round. So I, I believe one of those matches, actually, I mean, obviously all three of them, he, he obviously had the motor, you know, he had a gas tank. He stalled 
the first so he the first match in Russellbacks, he stalled the guy out. That's how he go on six to five. Wow. Um, then he wrestled Ashton Seymour of Saranac, beat him three to one in overtime. Again, his his gas tank was running. And then, you know, he got the job done three to two over Winsman to uh to, to be on the state podium. So shout out to Colton Kelly. All right, last thing I wanted to say about division two, 126 pounds. Um, you know, this is kind of more about the team itself having a bad round. Hanoi Falls Lima. Saturday morning, Andrew Spaulding and Winsman lost in the blood round at this weight, 126 pounds. McVig lost in the blood round, like we mentioned, to Gaden Duncanson. And then Chris Noto and Jazz Spaulding also both lost in the semis that were going on at the same time. So not a great round for HFL. Uh, obviously, Nick Noto did get the job done in the semis, and he advanced to the finals. But, you know, five of the six losing in that Saturday morning round is definitely, definitely a buzzkill. Yeah, but that sucked. Can't yeah, can't imagine. Yeah. All right. Moving into 132 Division One, Tyler Ferrero, winning back to back New York State titles. He goes pin tech tech and a nine to four to win over Liam Carlin of Burnt Hills in the finals. Um, you know Tyler adds to the legacy of Shenango Forks, um, including the Journeyman State Tournament. This is his uh, Shenango Forks 15th state title. He is going to Cornell next year. So uh, shout out to Tyler. And, you know, Carlin, like we were mentioning, though, you know, he's only a 10th grader. He's obviously going to be really tough. He did get the job done over Gugliano, 7-3 in the semis. But, uh, you know, in the quarterfinals, he wrestled Justin Shea of Iona Prep, who's also only an 11th grader, and uh, he only beat him one to nothing. You know, Shea obviously wrestled wrestled well. He wrestled back, taking third place. Iona Prep, um, they had a great, great weekend. I mean, we'll talk about them at several of these weights, but they definitely had a good weekend. Yeah, I only prep took second in D one. Um, they weren't. I don't think they were very close to Minnesink, but um, they were close for third. Minnesink Valley shout out, but uh, yeah, they wrestled tough as well. Um, obviously Minnesink was without PJ Duke. Um, that's obviously going to give them probably thirty points, but yeah, I only prep. They wrestled really well. Division two, one thirty-two. Braden Farbach over Aiden Jillings of Newfane. Six to four, Braden Farbach gets it done, gets his state title, has another year left. I still say he's got to go back to D1 now and win D1. Yeah, why not? You do know? it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, no, so Farbach won how I expected him to win. Um, he you know, he kind of controlled Jillings from doing whatever Jillings does. You know, if you watch Jillings' matches – um, his first match, he he pinned the Dwaynesburg kid. His second match, he pinned the uh, Dylan Devine of Shelmont in 30 seconds, but he got taken down first. Um, so he he got taken down, reversed him, put him to his back, and pinned him all in 30 seconds. And then uh, against Coley Bellino, he was actually um, on his back when I looked over. I'm like, oh shoot, Bellino's got Jillings on his back. Like that's not gonna be good. I look back over. I talked to Lisinski's in the corner smiling and pumping his fist. Uh, Jillings was like, let's go. He uh, he obviously got the job done. He won in a minute and 33 seconds over Cully Bellino. And then, uh, you know, I think he got taken down, you know, somewhat early in the finals too against Farbach. I mean, he only lost six to four, but um, I, I knew Farbach would kind of stay tough throughout the whole match and not let any huge points come up on him. Um, one thing that I wanted to say, though, Jazz Spaulding over Patrick Grimsey, five to four. Grimsey was le- leading like late into the match, super late into the match. Um, 
And like, like I said, I thought Grimsey would get the job done because he had three takedowns at the Eastern States against him in the third period. So I was like, all right, Grimsey's gas tank's going to be great. Spalding comes out, is clutch, gets a takedown, and beats Grimsey to reach the semis. So Yeah, got a takedown with 40 seconds to go in the match. Yeah, yeah, it was tight. Um, but, yeah, no, this was another weight that, like I said, Newfane had two guys place at, and uh, you know, shout out to them. All right, Division One, 138 pounds. We've got Nick Lamorte of Rocky Point proving us wrong, winning 6-1 to one over Jordan Brown of Monroe Woodbury. So I got on Twitter today. I looked, and uh, Nick sent us a thing, said, how could you pick against me? Both of us picked against <laughs> him, actually. I was listening to that birdie in my head to pick Jordan Brown. You know, Monroe, yeah. Monroe Woodbury, Section 9, rather, had a great tournament, right? They were the, the top section in, in Division One. Yep. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm rolling with the Section 9 magic. You know, I thought he thought he would get the job done. Um, obviously didn't. Uh, it was a close match going into the third, though. I believe it was one to nothing. Um, you know, Lamorte, I believe, got a takedown, and he might have gave up a penalty point or something. And then he got uh, near fall at the end of the match, too, that uh, kind of just blew the, blew the match open. Yeah, but, that was – I think Jordan Brown was just kind of going for stuff. Um, yeah, I agree. At that point, trying to trying to make something happen. Jordan, Jordan chose back. neutral in the third, and obviously was right there to, to beat – you know, yep. to get a takedown against Nick, but Nick's clutch, you know, and that's why. Yeah, I, I mean, Nick stayed in great position. That's really what Good won enough. the match. Yeah, I agree. Stayed in great position, didn't make any mistakes. And Jordan Brown was, I mean, Jordan, I mean, Lamorte got hit for stalling in the first period, or was it first period, second period? It was early ish, and he just kind of stuck to his game plan and did a great job of not making mistakes. And Jordan Brown eventually made that mistake. Yep. Shout out to Manny Gonzalez, though. Indian River. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we obviously we mentioned his name and I said I could see him placing anywhere from, I didn't, I didn't say third, but uh, I was like, you know, top six and he could be anywhere on the board. But, uh, you know, he wrestles back. He loses to Brown 10 to five in the uh, quarterfinals and then wins two straight to uh, to be take on Matthews eight to five. And then, uh, you know, he won five to one over. Um, Gabriel Goss, which I believe he wrestled him at the Windsor tournament for third and fourth as well. But, uh, you know, he wrestled awesome. You know, it was great to see him take third. And, uh, yeah, shout out he to Manny. He said, put some respect on my name. And the least he could do is, you know, we put some respect on his name. I got him a more wrestling shirt. Like, <laughs> wear the damn thing at the state tournament. Right. But, yeah, he wrestled tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm happy that he uh, he did well. like to see the North Country guys do well. So, yeah, shout out to Manny. D2, 138, the bridesmaid becomes the bride. Caden Bellis from Tioga knocks off Nick Noto, HFL, 6-1. to one. And probably one of the best rivalries in New York State right now. Uh, I think Caden's kind of pulling away a little bit to make it less of a rivalry. But for a while there, it was a, it was a good good back and forth. Um, and, and Caden Bellis finally pulls it off. Yeah, no, I mean, that was – I was at Windsor. It was a little heated. Um Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think Noto meant to kick him or whatever the position that they were in. He kind of got a kick in the face, whatever. Um, but, yeah, no, Bellis wrestled really tough. The match at Windsor was close. This was a six-to-one match. Uh, Bellis, Bellis in his bar, um, you know, bar and half. He almost got the job done and pinned him and, you know, got it got it done quicker. But, uh, you know, he, he wrestled really well. One thing that I got to note is, though, he beat Xander Kirsch, a pioneer, three-to-two in the quarterfinals. Um, I think Kirsch came, you know, he got a takedown or something, reversal late. Like, I think it was three to nothing for most of the match. But um, 
or at least yeah, then, you know and until then that happens. Kirsch goes from that right close match with Bellis to not getting plays. on the podium. That's yeah. crazy. Also, when I saw to... that, I'm like, well, this Kirsch kid is pretty tough, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he made a backside run, losing three to two to Bellis, but he didn't. Um, Paul Joseph of Hackley, uh, he he beat Jack Lampson, the four seed, four to two, and also beat the twelve seed of Unitego Unadilla Valley, uh, Mead, to make the semis. Um, so shout yeah, out to Joseph. Then, uh, he had Mead actually reverses that for fifth place, and, and... right. So Joseph had a great frontside run. Um, obviously the backside did a little semi slide. Um, but yep. as a 13 seed, you, you can't really, you know, be upset with that. The 12 seed versus 13 seed wrestling for fifth and six. It's pretty good. Nothing wrong with that. I, mean, I know. Um, I, I we I think we got into the elevator with the Unitigo coaches and um, Wyatt Mead was right there to to make the semis, and obviously fell. Um, and they were like, "Man, if you would have told us twenty like." A week ago, that we had a shot to make the semis. Whew. They, yeah, they, I mean, were, that's... they were happy with his performance. You know, they were very happy with how he competed. Um, Great part about the sport, obviously, Bellis is the state champ, but you've got guys that are in your section that are are right there to make a run as well. And uh, you know, he almost did that. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Cameron Mayfield Eagle Academy seven seed comes all the way back to third place after losing to the quarterfinals. Nice little backside run. Yeah, there was a lot of guys that actually lost in the quarterfinals that made backside runs taking third. I mean, I haven't mentioned a lot of them yet, but uh, yeah, shout out to Mayfield for doing that. So moving up to 145 pounds, Division One. I. I mean, this is a high school wrestling podcast, but <laughs> I'm going to crack this open. I'm not going to pour it in my shoe, um, but Cam <laughs> Catcherbone getting the job done, winning by fall. Getting a shoe, pouring his water into the shoe, drinking the shoe. He comes off the mat. Uh, you know, finals might have been just finishing up. And uh, I'm like, yo, Cam, congrats, man. How was how did that taste? You know, he said it was it was the most disgusting thing that he's, that he's ever drank. So <laughs> for 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 some of you that are listening to this and you know are living under a rock, um, didn't see it. Cam catch viral, so he won we'll by pin over Renzo Montalvo of Amsterdam. By fall in two minutes and 56 seconds to give Williamsville North, um, I believe their first state champ ever. But, uh, you know, the, the Michigan commit, you know, grabs the shoe from his or uh, grabs the water bottle from his dad and, you know, drinks it. And it's pretty much the center circle. And uh, the crowd loved it. Some of the crowd hated it. I don't know. I kind of loved it. Look, all I know is he got water all over the mat right before my guy was supposed to go on the mat. True. <laughs> True. And don't, don't like that. Um, you know, so another thing about this weight, though. Max Watson, you know, I said the Big 12th time. seed is it's going to be a tough out. I was kind of high on him. You know, you said you think he will make the final or the semis. I said, I don't know. I said, but I'm not doubting it. And he does. He uh, he actually knocks off Valentin, which I, I thought he was going to see Leverick of Smithtown West. Was, he sees Jack Valentin of Long Beach, beats him five to three, then loses the camera uh, catcher bone five to two, probably Cam's toughest match at the tournament. And you know, I mean, nobody Max else Watson made it ends up taking period, fifth, I believe. So. You know, Max Watson's tough. And again, hey, I, I'll say, like I said, do you think I'll make the semis? And you're like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? I'm pulling the trigger and I picked him to make the semis. You, you, you definitely, you were definitely pulled him in, in front of me. And, but I was like, hey, he's my sleeper. Like he's, he's a guy that's not going to do like, he's not going to be in the round of, in the blood round, right? The round of 12. He's, uh, he's going to step on that podium. And, you know, sure enough, he did. I own a prep, obviously. Uh, so he, he did pretty well. And, he did uh, end up beating Leverick for fifth. So he wrestled, like I said, though he beat Leverick, so you can't uh, 
I was right on that. You know, but right. shout out to Jesse Van Orden, though. Obviously, he loses in the semis to Renzo Montalvo. And I was like, all right, well, you're either going to take that loss. And, you know, semis are rough for some people. I mean, they don't really recover too well. But uh, he, he bounced back. Won uh, two straight, eight, eight to two, and then 12 to five to take third. So good rebound for him. D2, 145, Caleb Sweet, South Seneca, Section 5, knocks off Owen Hicks, Section 2, 17 to 4, and just looked absolutely sweet doing it. Yeah, and the, the great part about this, he wasn't satisfied for 17 to 4. You know, he wanted that tech. Um, you saw him kind of going in at that shot, and he wanted the tech. Like, he, he wanted the score. Yeah, you know, another takedown. Went 19 to 4, went by tech fall. And the New York State Finals. Um, Caleb Sweet, he's got a Binghamton commit. I'm, a, I'm a happy that he's staying in state. Uh, obviously, he was a bridesmaid last year as well. He got the job done this year. A few things that I wanted to say, though. Um, Havens versus Camper. That was in the quarterfinals. Wild. I called Camper winning. There was literally – and Camper was not satisfied with his match, which, again, kind of bit him in the foot. But he takes in – he goes in on a shot late in the match, gets lat dropped, and he was up 6-4. to four. With 20 seconds, less than 20 seconds left, he gets lat dropped and gives up a five-point move, and then he loses nine to seven. You know, he, he got an escape, obviously, as well, but he loses nine to seven. But on the backside for third and fourth, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And Havens died by the sword. He, uh, <laughs> Camper, you know, catches the Havens in a lat drop, you know, early in the match still. I think it was the first period or early in the second. And, uh, you know, he pinned him. He, uh, he obviously didn't get lat dropped. He uh, stepped over. Put Havens on his back, got the job done, took third place, joining his teammate Neville's um, for a, a pretty solid tournament for both of those guys from Copenhagen. Yeah, top three. All right, moving up, 152 pounds, Division One. We've got Frankie Bolpe of Hawpog winning by 10 to five decision over Donovan Smith, Belmira. All right. Well, obviously I mean, we can talk about it. I mean, first of all, it wasn't 10 to five. They gave no, two it really was not 10 to five after. They gave well. They gave two points after the time already ran out, but yep. the when Donovan went for the throw at the end, and the ref jumped they, to the opposite side away from the tapper, gave the two. And well, the tapper was standing there, like staring right. off. I mean, no, staring no, no offense to the tapper, whatever. But like it, that didn't matter. Obviously, no, it didn't make a difference. Donovan was down by one, tried to make something happen, went straight. I mean, went to his back to to try to force something, and just kind of what happened, but. I mean, this is where I mean I'm gonna get into a little bit of a monologue for a second. Not not mainly about Donovan, but I never had a kid make the state finals before. Um, it was it was it's such a weird experience. I had a kid take third one time, um, and you leave the tournament thinking, man, that was a good tournament. You know, we we fell in the semis, but we battled back, did a nice job taking third, and like you leave happy. And then you get a kid making the state finals, and they and they take second. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, what went wrong? Like, I've run the match through my head a thousand times over the last three days, and it's like, it, it's it's so much different. I was I remember sitting there, I was in the corner, and I looked at my I looked at our my other coach, and I said, man, this doesn't feel like any other. This feels like any other match. You know, we're just we're on, on the corner, coaching our guy, wrestle that's wrestling a wrestling match, and boy, was that the most incorrect thing I've ever thought in my entire life because. Losing that match was definitely one of the harder things 
one of the harder losses I've ever had to deal with. Obviously, it's not me dealing with it. It's Donovan dealing with it. But, you know, I, I care about the kid. I care about seeing him succeed. And I care I care about him with how hard he's worked. And it's, yep. it's such a weird emotion to go through. And, and I, I keep the thing I keep thinking about is, like, I cannot imagine being the kid that lost in the finals. Right? Like, I know how hard I've taken it as a coach. I know for a fact he's taken it so much harder. And, you know, you feel for the kid, you know? Um especially when, when it's one of your guys, you know, um, I, I completely agree. And I mean, I, I know where you're coming from. Um, you know, obviously having a guy that expects to be a New York state champion and loses at the New York state tournament, it sucks. Um, it's obviously not fun, especially, you know, and we talk about it, it's better to end with an odd number than it is an even number, right? Obviously first, you obviously won third. You obviously, you, you got the last one, fifth, you know, seventh, whatever. Um, Yes, taking second place. I mean, that, that was honestly rough. I had to re- go back and rewatch that match. You know, Donovan had a few. He had some several nice attacks, um, but you know. Yeah, he made he made he made he made a mistake. Yeah, uh, the one mistake he made is. was he went he went back to the well. You know, we talk about that at practice sometimes. You can't go back to the well, and he had a beautiful takedown in the second period off a drag to the far ankle, finished it clean, and then he he saw it again. But obviously, you wrestle a good kid. You're not going to hit the same setup twice, and uh, that's kind of what he tried to do. And Volpe was ready for it the second time, and kind of fell flat on his face. And Volpe kind of got an easy go behind. And then, uh, and then obviously the, the the second flurry, where it was four four, Donovan gets in deep and makes one small mistake on, on during the scramble that kind of makes it an easy finish too. Um, I'm not going to get into logistics technique. I don't think anybody really cares about that, but it, it is, it was a weird, it was a weird weekend. You know, it, uh, he wrestled great. Honestly, he wrestled a great, he did a great job keeping his emotions in check and everything. So sometimes the cars just don't fall your way. Congratulations to Volpe. Um, I mean, it's not like we wrestled a scrub, you know, he, he lost to a really tough kid in Volpe who knocked off Casper in the, in the, in the semis. Volpe's tough. Yeah. yeah Volpe. So he was another one. He all four guys that he beat um placed. So he beat Casper in the semis. He took third. He beat Warland in the quarters. He took seventh. And then he beat Paul Lichter. His first match was he was eight to seven match uh from MacArthur. And Lichter took six. So that was uh, you know, obviously wrestled four tough guys. And the one thing that kind of surprised me at this weight was how tough Landon Lazaric of Hilton actually was. So Donovan beat him three to two in the semis. And then I want to say Hill. I think I think he uh, wrestled back, and uh, yeah, he wrestled back, lost to Casper Stewart ten to four for third and fourth. But uh, no, I was kind of shocked by uh, the 12 seed coming out on top, uh, the top part of the bracket to make the semis. Yeah, I mean, we were five and four seeds. We were too. We we expected it yep. to be Foster. Um, honestly, that's who we were expecting to come out. Um, and when we saw Lazarick beat him, and I was watching the match right there with Donovan, and we're like. I mean, we'll take it. We knew who Lazarick was, Donovan Russell, uh, last year in a decent match. It was 1-0, and Donovan ended up majoring him. He got a takedown with 30 seconds left and then turned him twice to get a major. So we were pretty confident of that one. Donovan, when, you know, it was 3-2, and Donovan walks off the mat. He's like, I just I wanted to wrestle a smart match, not give him any opportunities. Because all weekend, Lazarick was just – I mean, he was catching guys and big moves. Guys would make a mistake, and he would just put them on their back. That's what happened with Foster. That's what happened with Lichter and the Wrestlebacks. Um, so 
he did a nice job of just he said I want to wrestle a controlled smart match and that's what he did and got the job done. Yep. Guys yeah, are tough well. all weekend though. Mm-hmm. Alright, we'll move into D two one sixty. Sorry D2 about my soapbox. Or yeah, sorry, D two one fifty two. There you go. Okay, so I don't want to talk about it any more than you want to talk about one fifty two, so yeah, that's fair. Six Cook, Central Valley Academy, uh, wins nine to four over Sean Tanzi. I mean, honestly, Six just looked great all weekend. He just looked really good. I mean, can't really speak too much to it. Um, knocks off in Davian in the semis, three to one in a good match. And uh, I mean, he didn't really so, yeah, do I all mean, of his I, junk all weekend. So Tanzi wrestled Bogey in the semis. Tanzi beat Bogey five to three. I, I honestly thought Bogey out-wrestled him, I mean, for the most part. And, you know, Bo, Bogey's definitely jumped some levels since Eastern States. He looks tough. And I thought, honestly, thought he just out-wrestled Tansy. And, you know, I'm going to stick with my gut when I said Six Cook or Van Davian Way, the winner, you know, is going to win the damn thing. Van Davian Way is 0-0 going into the second uh, second period. Van Davian goes bottom, gets out in like 15 seconds. Uh, and... At that point, I had run back to the corral. Um, so I was kind of sitting on meteor rope. Um, I ran back to the crowd because our 160 pounder was in the blood round. And uh, I'm, I'm looking down at the match, like three matches away or mats away. And I'm like, just send this in overtime. Like, you don't need, you're not, not going to need an attack. So, third period, he rides a six for like a minute 30 seconds, minute whatever it is, minute and 45. I don't even know. Anyway, six gets out with uh, 20 seconds left. And Avians throws an attack, tries to get uh, go after the legs. And I, I don't even know if it was a single attempt or if high, it was a high C attempt. I can't recall in my head, but uh, he gets, gives up a go behind. And, you know, obviously the hindsight and what I was thinking in the crowd, and I said to my 60 pounder, I'm like, I wish he would have just went to overtimes because six didn't sniff his legs at all. And, you know, if you, you go into ride outs and you know you can get away in short time, and you know you can ride the piss out of them, you know, ride the piss out of them. So that was more of a a match strategy that, you know, shouldn't have, you know, been a different way. And it is what it is. You know, congrats to Six Cook. He got the job done. Uh, he reversed the roles from uh, Central Valley Duels beginning of the year. And uh, I think if you wrestle that match or wrestle that – I could say the same thing about all these weights. Um, for the most part, anyways, you wrestle the tournament several different times, you're going to get, you know, two or three different winners. But uh, whatever. Congrats to Six Cook. Um, you know, we'll be battle back and we'll come back next year. And like you said, you know, Sunday morning, thinking of the tournament, replaying it in your head. You know, I've, I've, of the guys that we brought, yes, you know, we brought a decent amount of wrestlers, but like six of them, they won a match to two matches or three matches. And then, you know, Van Davian, I think he won three or four. But uh, I'm excited for next year. I mean, usually you leave Albany and you're like, all right, you're a little upset because you have a senior like you. You're pretty close yep. to Donovan. You want him to do well. Then he graduates. You're not going to see him again. Like we left Albany. I left Albany, and I'm like, all right, we'll be okay. We're going to bring. We're going to be off next year. You know, have some buy-in, and uh, obviously, we, we want to get on the top of the state podium next year. So, moving mm-hmm. on, Division 160 pounds. We got Tyler Reed of Cornwall, Section Nine, represent, winning seven to six over Joseph Matei of Herricks. Um, You called Matei making the fi- uh, finals as the three seed. I mean, I actually said Joseph or Jonathan Flohensi of Fulton wouldn't make the semis, which he proved me wrong. Um, so shout out to the Fulton kid. Uh, he's only a 10th grader, so he's going to be tough. But yeah, Reed got the job done against Gregory in the semis, five to three. So that was a rematch at the Eastern States. 
Um, Gregory barely got by by Sean Deagle of Iona Prep in the quarterfinals, six to four sudden victory. I was watching that match for yep. a while, and I actually I walked away. I think Deagle was up three zero, and I, and I walked away thinking it was over because it was controlled. Gregory kind of looked tired. And then I and I find out like 30 minutes later that Gregory won the match. Like, holy crap. And then and then somebody showed me his highlight and he hit the nastiest foot sweep. Absolutely dirty. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. He Gregory did. Sweep. Yeah. And the, oh, I, I gotta watch this. To send, it, to send it to overtime. It was nasty, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that then. So I mean, yeah. shout out to Gregory. Obviously, I picked him to win as the one seed, which I mean that's not totally a surprise, but um he wrestled tough and uh, you know, Tyler Reed though. Riding off that section on magic and uh, got the job done for Cornwall. So, don't don't recall the last time Cornwall had a state champ, but that's a it's a good one for them. D two one sixty Usman Duncanson repeats goes back to back for Tioga over Taven McDonald the Boulevard Richburg. Usman just dominated all weekend long. He really did. He really did. Fall it, fall eight to one over Mason McCombs and then a fall. wrestled three times. McDonald and he looked really good in uh, the state finals. I mean, it wasn't close before he pinned him either. So, well, I gotta say, I, I picked Tavian McDonald to make the finals as a three seed. Mm-hmm. He got he got a rematch with uh, Dennis of Section Five South Seneca in the semis. He won six to five. So, yeah, no, but Usman, this is this is his weight. One guy I want to give a shout out to was Ray Hennessy of Adirondack. He took fifth and he had six pins on the weekend. That's right, six pins. I think That's that was wild. 23 team points. So, wow. Yeah, pretty impressive. He, he didn't score more than Usman, but he might have scored more than Taven McDonald. He Actually, scored he more than, like, a lot of the guys that took second. Yeah, he he, he scored yeah. more than McDonald. He scored um, – I looked at, looked at the thing on track, like the statistics, and he definitely scored more than most of the second-place guys. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, taking fifth. Um, and, you know, Ray Hennessy actually took third in the section, and he won the uh, true second-place match – and over the general Brown kid, and then obviously makes it the state tournament and makes the most of it. And obviously he places. So good job to Ray moving up to 172 pounds division one, Brady Unger of Fairport, the Buffalo commit wins three to two over Andrew Philippe menacing Valley. Yeah. Uh, Unger looked tough. Um, I mean, he obviously gets the job done. And again, he's an, he's another guy that I'm glad that staying in New York, um, I think he's got a bright future at the college level. Uh, one thing that I got to say, though, is the 12th seed and the 11th seed both make the semis. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give you the credit on this one. You both said that they would have decent runs on the backside. Um, Sam Zer- Zizzerlip of Nyack, the 12th seed, and Leo Venables of Carmel, the 11th seed. They both met in, or they both reached the semis, and actually they both wrestled for third and fourth. Zerlip took third, and Venables took fourth. Yeah, these were two kids that uh, I have a kid in this bracket, um, so I was looking through it. Those are definitely two of the kids that I was like, they're going to be tough, and they're going to be really tough at 11 and 12 seeds. That's for damn sure. Yeah, actually, uh, so, and I talked about Soriano of Clark. So, obviously, he was D2 last year with his brother Jordan. He lost his first match 7-5 to five, uh, against Aaron Nelson, who was in the 19th line, uh, line 19 of William Floyd. And, uh, you know, obviously he didn't have the tournament he wanted this year either. I got to give a shout-out to Owen Ashey of Liverpool. I mean, he was a ninth seed. He won his first match, 
loses to Unger in the quarterfinals, but uh, and then loses in the blood round as well. But he, uh, I believe his dad listens to this podcast. I'm I'm pretty sure that his dad or mom or somebody they sent me the uh, kind of the the picture that I went with for the the more wrestling t-shirts. So that's uh the design right. I went with. So similar anyway. So shout out to uh, Achi of Liverpool. Yeah, but no, shout out to Unger, Fairport, Section 5, birthday champ since 2017, I believe, for Fairport. D2, 172. What a crazy weight class this was, man. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, give me some credit. Yeah, you called it. Uh, sort of. Tavio Hoos of Southwestern, 5-4 decision over Grayson Meek of Section 8, Coldspring Harbor. Uh, I mean, there was so much going on in this weight class. The eight seed, Sean Kelly of Lowville knocks off Jordan Koenig, uh, 4-3. Uh, I talked to the Lowville coach uh, afterwards, and he just said, like, we wrestled that kid three, four times this year. It was 3-2, 3-2, and then it was eight with three at sectionals. But they, they just kind of felt like they had a good draw, and uh, they were able to pull it out in the ultimate tiebreaker. Um, shout out to him. I got some Bruce. good pictures of that. Of Did you? Kelly um, in his reaction and then Joe Woodrick's reaction in the finals, uh, his coach. Because yep. my cousins wrestled at Lowville. My cousin actually still wrestles at Lowville. My dad wrestled at Lowville. So, you know, I got a good tie with them. I was obviously kind of rooting for the Kelly. Just, of course, he's the underdog. They've wrestled eight times. Or actually, they, in the was, last yeah, year and this year, they've wrestled yeah. seven times. Like three times this year or four times last year leading into this match. Um, like you said, Kelly gets the job done. But uh, Honing um, and the backside actually wins over Kelly three to one. So you know, he they've wrestled, I think, close to 10 times now in the last two years. So I do have to say, though, if Koenig beats Kelly or, you know, if Kelly's on the other side of the bracket, who knows what happens. But I think if Koenig is in the semis against Meek, I think he beats Meek. I think, you know, and of course, you, you, you can say this now, but, uh, you know, Koenig and Kelly have seen each other so many times where, they, they know each other a little bit too well. And, and again, this is why tournaments are wrestled. And, you know, Meek takes advantage. I think Meek wrestled Kelly at the Eastern States as well. And Meek actually wrestled Landon Smith at the Eastern States. He beats Landon Smith in the quarterfinals, six to five. Then, of course, Kelly won to nothing. You know, Tavi Hoos was clutch. You know, he gets that takedown late, late, late in the third period to win a state title for Southwestern as a ninth grader. Um, and I called him coming out of the bottom side of the bracket. I honestly thought he would see Koenig in the finals. And I, you know, I probably pick Koenig to win, to be honest. But uh, who's gets the job done? And uh, yeah, that's impressive. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely impressed with Tavio Hoos. So a lot of people Freshman actually have been asking me to. They've been asking me to come out to uh, to get him on the podcast, but we'll see about that. I mean, freshmen at 172s aren't usually winning state titles. So, no. No, Southwestern's tough. I mean, who's I assume he's related to Giuseppe Hoos and and Dante Hoos, maybe is that his name? I don't know. But I mean, there's been plenty of Hooses that have came out of section six. And uh, they're all tough. So uh, you know, Tavia Hoos living up to the family name and uh he looks good. Division one, 189 pounds, Zach Ryder, the Penn State commit out of Minnesig Valley, wins three to nothing over Elijah Diakamahalist. The well. Yeah, the, the youngest that the Yakmalis is. Um, he's only a 10th grader, Elijah is. Elijah, I thought, wrestled him really tough. You know, three yeah, to nothing. Absolutely. You know, I, I can't say anything too bad about Elijah because I know 
you know, he obviously, his dad's very smart at wrestling. He comes from Hilton. You know who his brothers are. He's going to come back. And I, I honestly think that these two are going to wrestle each other. Whether, I'm I mean, like I said, I don't think Ryder's going to be in New York next year. But uh, I can see them at the next level, you know, competing against each other, whether it's 184 or 197, whatever way they go. But uh, I, I don't see this, this, I mean, it's not a rivalry yet, but I don't see these two, um, they're not done competing against each other. No, I agree. And Diak Mahalas had a great tournament overall. I mean, he had a great match with Carlson in the semis. He won that 7-6 and then battles with Ryder, close match in the finals I don't think there's anybody that expected that to be a close match um maybe maybe like a controlled five-point victory or some something along those lines but to be within three points was pretty good for him I mean I think I said Elijah's got the technique Ryder's got the the power and you know Zach Ryder's got a lot of horsepower but uh yeah no I'm glad to see Ryder back um you know I don't know if that, that was the last time we we're going to see him in uh New York State but uh, if it is, you know, shout out to Zach Ryder. Good luck at Penn State. Uh, he's going to go on to do some pretty special things um, for Penn State. So, D2-189. Man, heartbreaker for me. Andrew Bailey of Chittenango knocks off Shane Davidson of Wellsville in the finals in overtime, 7-4. to four. And, man, were these guys tired. <laughs> so – this is a rumor, and it's kind of been not necessarily a rumor, but it, I've definitely heard this from some very reliable sources. Andrew Bailey missed out on this class tournament, you know, the classes leading into sectionals. I guess he missed out because he had his appendix taken out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Andrew Bailey wrestled, though. He wrestled three tight matches. So he won his first match by falling 30, uh, 30 seconds. Then he beat the two-seed, Mateo Gadu of – Oneana, one to nothing. Then he beat Brett Perry of Granville for Ann, two to one. And then, of course, he wrestled Shane Davidson in the finals, uh, beating him seven to three. Um, he got to take down some near false wipes. But Shane Davidson. those tired swipes. Yeah, tired swipes. Shane Davidson, though. <laughs> so he wrestled, yes, what, I think, four times or five times um, against Malachi Smith. And. So the, the first period, he gets a huge throw, and I think it was a lad drop. Could be wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure the finals match against, or the semis against Troy Austin of Whitehall was a lad drop, and, you know, he pinned him. But he kind of forced this lad drop against Malachi Smith. I'm like, what is he doing? And what, whatever he was doing was pretty darn good because he beats Malachi Smith 10-4, to 4, gets revenge from multiple times this season. And, uh, again, he beats Troy Austin to make the finals. And I called Andrew Bailey winning. Andrew Bailey's a stud. So I'm at the beginning of the year when he had his appendix. And, uh, you know, now that he's a state champ, he said he's got one of the best gas tanks in the in the state. He probably does. Um, obviously, he was definitely pooped out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Had- maybe, maybe because he had his appendix taken out. But that match, that, that match in the finals, they both were exhausted. Yeah, and they definitely they weren't did. both like- exhausted, I mean, like, Shane was exhausted. That man, could, you couldn't have pushed him over and he was telling him. And it yeah, didn't look like Bailey drunk. was going very lie. hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to like probably I mean the state finals he he probably didn't expect to be there, and then he got there and then his emotions are high and uh, he probably doesn't know how to handle that, and that kind of probably gassed him right out. I mean he was pretty he was exhausted in the third period, and let alone in overtime. And Bailey honestly it felt like Bailey probably could have pushed the pace a little bit in the third period and got out of there in the third period and he just kind of didn't. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree about that as well. Um, Bailey, we look tough. I got to give a shout out to Brent Perry. Obviously, he's tough as well. Um, he wrestled uh, Bailey tough. But I was not surprised that Shane Davison did that well because I watched him at Windsor, and he wrestled Carlson there. And I was like, all right, this kid's going to be tough. And like like we mentioned in the preview, I talked to you about him. And, uh, you know, you gave me the, the insight on him, and yeah, he's tough. Which, second in the state, shout out to Shane Davison. Great career for Wellsville. Moving yes, up to 215 pounds, Division One, Ethan Gallo of Menacing Valley goes back to back with Ryder. He wins over Daring Insagna, eleven to four. Insagna's of Boston Spa. So it's a one two one seed versus the two seed. Um, you know, I kind of called Gallo winning because Gallo actually beat Insagna at the Eastern States. I think he pinned him in like a minute. But uh, yeah, no. Ethan Gallo's tough. Um, he's another guy that I don't know where he's going to end up next year in college. And, you know, there was rumors to be believed that he was going to play baseball because he's a really good baseball player, I guess. But uh, there's also rumors and hope that he's going to wrestle next year as well. So hopefully he wrestles. Um, obviously, would love to see him on the mats. Yeah, I mean, he moves, in New he York. moves so well for a big guy. He does. Um, his blast double hit the finals to open up the match was, I think, a beauty. Um, yeah. And then, uh, actually, and shout out to Antonio. I mean, he pinned his way to the finals. So, I mean, the first yeah, two no, it's not look really good period. as well. Um, actually, one guy I want to give a shout out to at this weight is Francois of Longwood. William Francois wins his first match, loses to Zagna, wrestles back six wins in a row, finishes the weekend third place, going seven and one on the weekend. Pretty darn impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, no, it's a great. Great weekend. D2, 215. I mean, we said it in the beginning. Sam Sorensen, next topic. And he absolutely went next topic. Uh, he beats Evan Dave of Cambridge 5-2 to two, uh, in, the, in the finals. And it wasn't a, a close 5-2. to two. I didn't feel like there was any – It wasn't. He was in danger. Yeah, he, he definitely had his feet moving. He, he, I mean, Sorensen looked tough. That, they did wrestle him tough, though. Like, I, I mean, yeah. shout out to Evan Day. Like I said, he wrestled 285 last year. He's down to 215 this year. I mean, he he wrestled him tough. Obviously, 5-2, to two, he still lost. But, um, you know, he stayed in there. He battled. He, he got bloodied up plenty of times because there was mm-hmm. – he stopped him for blood way too many times. But um, I, I kind of was impressed with Evan Day. I'm not going to lie. Um, and Ostrom, a poor Jervis, actually had a good weekend as well. He knocked off Garrett Bidwell, 8-3, to reach the semifinals. And then he lost to Trevor Berry, which Trevor Berry lost to Sorensen, 4-0 in the semis. But, yeah, Berry ended up taking third, 6-3. Sorensen, though, going to wrestle at Army West Point next year. Looking forward to that. 285 pounds, Division One. We've got Sebastian Regis, the two-seed of East Islip, winning by fall over Stefan Moncherry. Of Middletown, three minutes and forty seconds. So this mm-hmm. match was like two to two before the fall, I think. Yeah. Stephen Monteri level changes, goes for like a blast double kind of thing, kind of like a Jordan Burroughs ish, uh, you know, double. And Monteri or uh, Regis kind of catches him and puts him to his back, and that's kind of how that whole uh, situation ended up. Um, Regis put him on his back, got the fall. Uh, Avengers is lost from the Eastern States. But the good news is, and the bad news is for a lot of these heavyweights, the good news is we get to see these two again next year. They're both juniors. Um, 
And actually, there's another junior in this mix that I'm excited for next year. And he wrestles at Iona Prep. Shocker. Uh, he's a 11th grader, and his name is Gabriel Garibaldi. Um, Garibaldi's brother, um, who went on to wrestle at Princeton, was also a very tough heavyweight. And Gabriel is coming into his own. He was 42-6 and six going into the weekend, and you know, he wrestled tough. He lost to Will Hotelling of Colony in the round of 16. And uh, ended up taking sixth place. But, again, he's only a junior. This was another weight that Middletown had two guys placed on the uh, state podium. Uh, Bradley of Middletown took fifth. Macheri took second. They're both junior. They'll both be back next year. Actually, Middletown's 215-pounder um, is going to be back next year as well. He's a junior too. So Middletown is heavyweight U right now. Yeah, man. It was funny. I was sitting there uh... – Unfortunately, every year for the heavyweights, I'm typically on the floor where the podium is, and like I don't really get a chance to see a good seat. Everybody kind of like piles in there. So when the crowd kind of went nuts when Regis put him on his back, me I like ran up the podium to like see if I could see over top of everybody's heads, and I'm like standing on top of the podium to watch the end of the match. That's funny. It was fun. That is pretty funny. Because like um, me, Tyler, and Donnie were also there talking. We kind of all three of us at the same time like turned. We heard everybody scream. We all turned and like kind of tried to find a way to see. I think me and Tyler. It was either me and Tyler, or me and Donnie. We both we both just climbed up the, the podium to watch. It was funny. Yeah, Moncherry, man, like he won his first match three to two over Dimitri Pierre of East yeah. Ramapo. And then he wins three to nothing over Tyler Raider, Ty Raider, Victor, and then he wins four to nothing over Cameron Gron- Gronke of Mohanesen. Then of course. Runs into Sebastian Regis, who uh, he's coming for revenge, and uh, he got it. But, again, we'll see these two next year. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing Moncherry out in Fargo again. Um, yeah, good wait. But, right. the, actually, one thing I wanted to notice or uh, say as well, Cam Gronke and Will Hotelling, I believe they wrestled four times this year, three or four anyways. Hotelling has won all the matches, and I actually said, I wouldn't be surprised if Gronke beats Hotelling. And – uh, for third and fourth, you know, on the backside. Sure enough, third and fourth place, Gronky gets the job done, wins by fall over Hotelling, and uh, you know that's that's kind of a good revenge little story for him. Um, both Section Two studs, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for for both of those guys. They're they're both seniors. They've been uh, they've had some pretty solid careers. Don't think you're not getting dunked on, okay? QB. The Messina heavyweight, and you scoffed at me, and you said there, you basically were like, "No shot." Yeah, he uh, was no shot. Thought we were. I, I didn't. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. All right. Yeah, you did. You knew I was. I wasn't letting you off the hook. You you said there's no shot. And, yeah, and he, he hit him with like a, a arm throw, and kind of like the Messina heavyweight fell on his head. Um, but the Messina heavyweight was pretty close to beating the Section One kid that Pierre that uh. Moncherry lost to, I believe that's the section one kid that he wrestled. Um, or Moncherry beat rather three to two. He was this close from beating him and he didn't beat him. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a kid that I've worked with. So I kind of obviously picked him. No, that's um, fair. That's fair. All right. Tristan Hitchcock, Trent Sybil. Trent Sybil gets the win at D2, 285, four to two. Another one of the ones you kind of scoffed at me at when I picked Sybil you- to win this match. You Ric Flair. I didn't scoff at you. I said to be the man, you got to beat the man. And what did Sybil do? He beat the man. Well, beat the man. This this match could have been interesting if Hitchcock went neutral in the third. I mean, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there. He was kind of bullying Sybil a little bit on his feet. I'm not gonna lie. 
He was, he you was. Know? And he goes down. And act- so actually I was in the hotel Saturday night, late night, early morning, whatever you want to call it. And I was with uh, Hitchcock's coach. I was with Hitchcock's parents, you know, that, that was kind of like a question, like, you know, why did he choose down? But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Sybil's going to uh, Binghamton next year. Hitchcock's going to Army. They're obviously both great competitors. Hitchcock, you know, came off the mat. First thing he said kind of was talking about what he did wrong on bottom. And then he's, you know, his face is in front of Channel 7 News or Channel 5 News, whoever the Albany people are. And, uh, you know, he's smiling and, you know, saying how his tournament went. Like, they're interviewing him. But, uh, you know, so shout out to him, you know, he uh, he's obviously got a great career in front of him going to Army West Point. Uh, Sybil, though, you don't see a lot of heavyweights throw the legs in and uh, do no, work on top. So I was pretty pumped. I mean, that was that was pretty good wrestling by uh, Trent Sybil. Yeah, he looked great. He looked um, really good. So in the quarterfinals, though, Noah Wazinski of North Rose Wolcott versus Colin White of Adirondack. I talked highly of Colin White, the sixth seed, who also bumped up to 285. White, I believe, was up one to nothing, had a bar, was kind of running the bar, probably should have, like, you know, just pretended to run the bar, chew up some clock, starts to run the bar, gets reversed, gets up near three near fall, and then gets an escape, loses five to two. So that could have been a Colin White versus Trent Sybil um, match at semis. And, you know, Colin White's obviously tough, but that that's not what happened. Connor Bushy, though, the four seed, beat Cam Hills of Waverly, who you said was going to be in the semis. It kind of sucks that the Waverly boys wrestled each other in the round of 16. But uh, yeah. they're obviously both going to be back. Troy Beam in the ninth grader. Cam Hill's the tenth grader. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, they're and, and Troy was a Troy was a 215 most of the year. He bumped yeah, up. Yeah, I, I remember him being down low. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll probably be back down. I'm not sure. If, I can't remember if his brother's a senior or not. Or if they're even. Yeah. But, no, I mean, this, this was a way, fun way. I mean. Hitchcock's a senior. Um, Wazinski was a senior. Sybil's a senior. Uh, Colin White's a senior. A lot of these guys that were on the podium were. Christian Solano of Eagle Academy, though, 11th grader. He's going to throw you if he if he gets the opportunity. He, uh, he'll he come back. Hills comes back. Beeman comes back. Connor Bushy of Bigman Town. Second time on the New York State podium. Um, he'll be back as well. So Yeah, I mean, there was two sophomores that placed. Uh, um, Hamza Merrick from six and Kim Hills in yep. four. Yep. Um, yeah, they both placed. And then Sherburn Irville. Sherburn Irville's uh heavyweight as well. I mean, he kind of ran into two tough guys that didn't allow him to stand on the podium. One was Colin White and one was Trent Sybil. Um, he's gonna be really tough next year too. You know, his coaches are pretty good. They were pretty tough wrestlers when they were in high school. And you know, he they're, they're he's gonna have a bright future as well. But uh yeah, so 2023 New York State tournament was fun. I think in like 22 days, I'm going to be driving to Virginia Beach for the NHSCA Nationals. Hope to see a lot of New York guys there. You know, one thing I did throw out there on Twitter, I think, was, uh, you know, asking who we should bring on for podcasts. Love to bring on some state champs, some coaches, whoever. Give you guys the platform to kind of be heard. I know a lot of college coaches listen to this po- podcast, and there's a lot of juniors and seniors out there that are still not committed. So, you know, don't be afraid to uh, come on out here. Reach out, get your name out there. The only way, I mean, a lot of people misconstrued how recruiting works. The coaches don't always come to you. They don't always know who you are. Sometimes you got to put your name out there, uh, get get your face in front of them. And obviously Dylan's done a great job of, of giving kids opportunities, hooking them up with coaches, um, 
I know I just hooked up a couple a coach uh coach with a high school number for her kid. So I mean, get your get your face out there if you wanted to come on the podcast. Just re- feel free to reach out. We'll we'll do what we can do. I I should have done a little bit more research, but some of the college commits that uh we've got right now, and some are juniors, most of them are seniors. Uh, let's just start with Cornell. Tyler Ferreira is going to Cornell. Binghamton, Caleb Sweet, Trent Sybil, Army, Tristan Hitchcock, Sam Sorensen, Buffalo, Brady Unger, Penn State, Zach Ryder, Michigan, Cam Catcherbone, Shuey, uh, Hofstra, uh, Anthony Volpe, Oklahoma, Nick Lamorte, and also shout out to Max Gallagher. He's going to Penn. Mm. Saw him at the uh, tournament this weekend as well. Obviously, he's still recovering from the injury. I don't know why I called him Anthony Volpe. Uh, Anthony Volpe was like 10 years ago, but uh, yeah, Frankie <laughs> Volpe, he's going to Hofstra. But again, I mentioned Hofstra, Buffalo, Army, Bing, Cornell. A lot of these guys staying in state. Love to see it. Um, but yeah, Donovan's there's plenty of more D1. guys he too. hasn't committed yet. Who's that? Donovan's also going D1. He just hasn't officially committed yeah, yet. I knew so. he was leaning to two, two different schools that, uh, that I knew as well. So, I mean, there's obviously yeah. these guys that are still in the late process of the committed – you know, committing to a school, which is great. And the guys that have not talked to a school, I know I could uh, get you in contact with plenty of these guys. I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, trying to help you guys out with that as well. But yeah, state tournament. It was a fun one. Sad that it's over. Happy that it happened. It's fun Um, for you. (laughs) Yeah. Speak for yourself. You'll be back, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'll be be there next year. You got to bring the next guy along. Yes, sir. You know, shout out to the people got... that listen to this episode, the podcast. I mean, I met a lot of fans at Albany, met some haters. That's always fun, too. Um, hey, I love haters, man. I don't care. I love haters, too. Hate I don't care if you hate us or not. You're listening. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, you can't hate a person that calls a spade a spade, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, you know who you are. We'll, we'll keep that one to ourselves. <laughs> we'll keep, yeah. It's, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I everybody's great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for all the, the state champs, all 26 of them. Happy for all the teams in New York, whatever, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, yeah, again, thanks for listening. Actually, I'm going to get some shirts. A ton of people have been asking me about shirts, too. So I'm going to get a bunch of shirts we made up. A, bring them to Virginia Beach. Up. Get a store set up. We could reach out to, I don't know, Rudish or somebody. I'm sure somebody has set a store up for us. Yeah, I mean, the people have asked me about that, too. I'm like, that's just way too much, way too much. Maybe I'll just uh, bring somebody along. I think along, we got enough listeners up, now. And then set we them can up in Virginia Beach at one of the uh, – beach house beach stores that sell a bunch of uh you know beach stuff and uh they'll just send more wrestling stuff for the week yeah you know uh, zach you got anything else no man i'm excited i'm excited to be dropping some people on their heads soon it's Ooh, freestyle, freestyle season, Greco baby. season get a hold of freestyle us season baby let's go so Love um it. somebody that i know uh chris adams actually uh he just sent me the link of a lot i don't know if they're all new york or like a lot of them are new york based uh, freestyle and Greco tournaments for kind of New York schedule. So oh, yeah, I'm going to share that schedule. out. Yeah, that got sent out recently. I got that one. Yeah. Too. I'm going to share it to uh, more wrestling's Facebook and Twitter. So uh, we can get the New York guys going to that. Cause a lot of these guys that I mentioned today, uh, or, you know, in this podcast, a lot of them wrestle at Fargo and Fargo, you get to see a lot of people get dropped on their heads. Shout out to Stefan Moncherry for doing such. So, so he's good. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Wrestling is not over. These next few months, do a little bit of folk style first, and then uh, jump right into freestyle. And, Dropping uh, people on their dome. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. Fargo's only four months away, so looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, so Zach. Close. Episode eighty. Here we are. Twenty more. We all gotta hit. Eight. We gotta get twenty more. 
what we need. Twenty more. We'll uh, we'll it'll be a special episode. Episode twenty will be a fun one, uh, or episode one hundred rather will be a fun one. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Anything yeah, else? Man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, sir. Peace out. Peace out.